everybody. Hello, you are listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject while enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay. I'm Carrie. My adult beverage today is water. Mine is coffee. (laughs) I had coffee this morning and I'm having water now. I'm just so tired. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't move. And I'm so huge. But when I drink coffee, I get lovely wiggles. Everywhere. And that makes me a little bit more happy. So. (laughs) (laughs) It makes things a little easier. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, so you guys know I have gestational diabetes, so I have to be really careful with what I eat dessert-wise, but mom and I found this amazing peach popsicle recipe for my shower, and so it's like fresh peaches, and you puree it with buttermilk and heavy whipping cream, and like a little, and some honey, and you like puree that in the blender together, and then you add like the other half of the peaches like just chopped up chunks of peaches to that and then put them in the popsicle molds and oh my god because the fat like helps to um slow the absorption absorption of the sugar and it's honey so it's like not straight sugar you know what i'm saying yeah oh my god it was like licking a fresh frozen peach Ooh. It was the most delicious thing. I have more in my fridge, and I'm going to have one when we're done. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Yes. And I bought silicone popsicle molds, and I put more peaches in my cart for my next grocery order that I'm going to get in a couple of days. Ooh, I want some peaches. Because I still have buttermilk. Yeah, because I still have buttermilk and whipping cream, and I'm going to make more because my silicone molds came with popsicle bags, so I can store them. Nice. What? (laughs) oh it was like licking summer it was just so delicious oh that sounds my whole mouth just filled with the saliva oh so so good i really want a peach now like just straight (laughs) up peach i have been craving my mom's peach cobbler and that's of course a thousand percent off the table for me right now so this fall, that is happening. <laughs> I'm going to make a list of everything I want. Oh. <laughs> and I'm sure she's going to be like, yes, of course, because food is both of our love languages. Yeah. So <laughs> I am back- I'm sure she'll be like, I'll make you pizza on the grill and peach cobbler. I love you. Yes. <laughs> I- yes, mom. Yeah. <laughs> I am back on Weight Watchers. And one of the recipes that they gave me when I came back was for a raspberry peach cobbler and it's six points <gasps> per serving and it seems incredible oh um wow yeah it's got peaches my mom makes one that i have never seen repeated anywhere else it's got like a biscuit type top type lid on it Ooh. with like cinnamon and i don't know it's like it, it, my mom grew up in the deep south, y'all. So it's <laughs> probably something her mom made up. 
and then passed down or her grandmother made up and then passed down but it is like i need to you can't try buy it. mom's peach cobbler yeah <laughs> it's oh my god it doesn't usually last longer than one night <laughs> <laughs> oh man Woo. okay so we're hungry yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a BLT for lunch today and some fresh cherries. Ooh. And it was just the best. And I made I still had some leftover mayonnaise that I had made before that had that I had added some fresh basil and lemon zest to. Mm. So I put that on there. Mmm, it was good. I was very happy. But I'm Mama's gonna need a snack soon, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, alive! Well, nothing new has really happened. It's still yeah. July. No, it's not July. It's now the beginning of August for us. Yeah. Hello, October. <laughs> What's it like in the future? Please. Have we all gone underground to defeat Skynet? <laughs> <laughs> Have we joined the rebellion? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I hope everyone has registered for their uh, absentee ballots. God damn it, I still in need Kentucky, to do that. Yes, because in Kentucky we only have till the end of October, so get on it. I'll put that on my to-do list. Where the fuck yeah. is my to-do list? Okay. Me too. My never-ending to-do list. Same. I keep having these thoughts that, like, we're going to be so prepared for the hospital and then get there and have prepared for all the wrong things. Oh, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, when you study for a test and then it turns out you studied all the wrong stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a horrifying that's kind of, moment. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of where my brain goes sometimes. <laughs> well, you have a whole lot of friends that have also had babies and are helping you out. That's true. I know. I have lots of resources. Thankfully, it's 2020 and I have a phone. Yeah. <laughs> a fully functioning phone. So, a lot of it can be overwhelming, but I'm so ready to just go. I just want to, I just want to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I show up at the hospital a month early. Hey, hey. <laughs> let's get this out. Let's get this taken care of. I'm done. This is there. Your full eviction has been served, kid. <laughs> Out. Oh, you responded with a tiny wiggle. That was cute. Oh, say I'm trying. Can you it's do that from the yet. outside, please? <laughs> Can you do that from the outside? <laughs> say trying, Mama. Here's. Your sweet little wiggles. I need you to hurry up and get bigger so that you can get out. <laughs> Finish up. <laughs> Finish on, up. Change, change the setting to quick bake. <laughs> <laughs> no more slow roasting. <laughs> it's time to finish it up and put the crust on. Let's go. <laughs> Poor thing. Oh, goodness. Oh, man. All right. Well, well, 
Shall we begin? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just dive okay. in. <laughs> Let's just dive in. Okay, cool. So this week is a bit of an unusual one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are talking about... Blindness. blindness. <laughs> Something that we both... <laughs> don't don't struggle with but we have bad eyesight so we're just like i mean that's fair we do both wear glasses (laughs) my husband's pretty blind i am blind in one eye and like the other eye is beyond perfect so oh that's so weird yeah like that's why um we didn't know i needed glasses for so long because one eye was doing all the work for the other one because like the vision in that one is like 40 20 and the other one is like nothing wow yeah and that's crazy yeah so if i cover up one one eye i can't see anything the other one i can see everything just fine and it's yeah that's crazy how that happens though right yeah like how one pick kind of picks up the slack yeah huh all right. Well, um, we all know what blindness is. Yeah. Um, it's it's being blind. So, um, <laughs> visually impaired, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I figured, again, I would keep it simple because we know what blindness is. So I figured let's talk numbers. Okay. Um, because I think that's a little bit more staggering than we really um. Than we really think, because not many of us, I don't know anyone who's completely blind. No. Um, there was a kid, there was a kid that went to my church that was completely blind, um, and he had, he had some kind of mental problem, too. I can't remember what. He had a mental disability as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if he also had cerebral palsy. I don't know. He, he had, he had some issues, but um, that's like the only fully blind person I've ever, I've ever met. Um, and I didn't even really know him that well. I just kind of, like, saw him sitting over there. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) you know, um, we didn't exactly run in the same circles or anything. He was a lot younger than me. So, um, but, I mean, I don't know anyone who is. Do you? No, actually, I don't. Like, as in, as in, like, reading Braille. Nope. Blind person? No. I mean, my husband needs glasses. (laughs) Is blind without his contacts and glasses. (laughs) But... Um, but not legally blind. Like, I mean, yeah. well, maybe he is legally blind without them. I don't know. He can't see very far away. Um, he can see up close. I don't know what that, it's always the opposite, right? Is that farsighted? Yeah. <laughs> of course. You're farsighted. <laughs> I can't see far away. Well, you're farsighted. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it does. okay so there are of course several ways to define blindness um many people regard blindness as the inability to see at all or at best to discern light from darkness um if you think of like daredevil he can kind of see shapes Uh um and kind of almost like heat signatures a little bit but um that's kind of the only way i can really describe it um but he's definitely blind like he can't he's not gonna be able to read something yeah that kind of thing but because he can't see a little bit it does definitely help him when he's you know fighting so if we're talking superheroes (laughs) i need to watch we do have a blind superhero daredevil is excellent and i need to watch season three but i'm at this point i'm kind of saving it for maternity leave (laughs) um can't say i'm (laughs) 
Yeah, and I might just power through the entire Defender series. Uh-huh. Because it's amazing. Yeah. And I really hope Disney, um, just sidebar, I really hope Disney Plus picks up Jessica Jones again, because that's my favorite show. <laughs> okay. So, um, and they left it on a cliffhanger. <laughs> and then canceled the damn thing because of Disney uh, owning yeah. Marvel. <laughs> ah, I'm so angry. I need to watch The Punisher, too. Um, okay. Yeah. John Barenthal for life. Um, okay. So also a stand up dude, by the way. Met him. Lovely gentleman. Um, okay. <laughs> so the standard federation of the blind takes a much broader view. So um this is that that, that by the way, that is what um this little I don't know what you want to call it. It's not exactly an article. This little piece that I found um is from it's M- nfb.org. So that's the National Federation of the Blind. Okay. Um, in case anyone was wondering, um, that's who's talking right now. So it says, we encourage people to consider themselves as blind if their sight is bad enough, even with corrective lenses. Um, that they must, bad enough that they must use alternative methods to engage in any activity that people with normal vision would do using their eyes. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, there's some people that have special, like, stickers on their licenses and stuff like that. Like, you know, there's people with night blindness. There's people that, like, you have to be wearing your glasses when you drive. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> because, yeah. You know what I mean? You can be sighted if you don't because you can't, you don't have sight. That's me. Um, <laughs> that Like, that's literally why I have to have my glasses really? on and my uh, driver's license. And I'm not supposed to be driving at night because I'm really? so blind. Yeah. Okay, so why the fuck are you driving at night, Kay? <laughs> well, I mean, I again, like, I have glasses, and I, like, I normally drive in well-lit places, so... Oh, that's fair. Yeah. But I don't, like... You don't, when you used to... Well, okay, I'm glad you don't drive home at night after we record in person. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. The things you don't tell me. Okay. <laughs> well, I so, don't I don't think about it cuz like that happened when I was in high school. Like I found that out in high school and it was just something that like uh, you know, I deal with now and I just kind of forget. But yeah, that's why oh. I can't drive without my glasses cuz I'll literally get a ticket. Wow. Yeah. Even if you've con- do you have contacts? You don't have contacts, do you? No, I used to have contacts, but like if if you've got your contacts in and they can tell you've got your contacts in, like, you're fine. But, like, I have to have some sort of vision You have help. to have your visual correct- correctors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the United States Bureau of, of the Census question about significant vision loss um, encompasses both total or near total blindness and, quote, trouble seeing even when wearing glasses or contact lenses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you only have one eye, I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the, st- the statutory definition of legally blind is that central vision acuity must be 2200 or less in the better eye with the best possible correction or that the visual field must be 20 degrees or less. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> I'm not an ophthalmologist. So, um, <clears throat> so there are no generally accepted definitions for visually impaired, low vision, or vision loss. Um, 
I mean, it's like when you can't see. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I, That's you know what it when is. you see it. Or don't, but um, shh. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> almost almost all statistics on blindness are estimated, so that's important to know, um, which means that the numbers found in a sample are extrapolated to the entire population. Um, the United States government agencies, including the Bureau of the Census, the National Center for Health Statistics, and the Bureau of Labor Statistics, use sophisticated statistical techniques, say that five times fast, <laughs> to lead to population estimates with great accuracy. Moreover, these techniques this ten uh, la, la, these techniques also provide the margin of error. Okay, so they're really really good at stats, and we should believe them. Yes, um, <laughs> because I got a C in stats. So <laughs> I um, <laughs> failed my stats and so- my not my stats in sociology final. No, that's that's false. I failed my accounting <laughs> final, which is why I did Ew. not go into business. <laughs> Oh, accounting I still, sounds terrible. Yeah, I still managed to get a C in the class because, like, I did everything else. But, like, my mom's an accountant, guys, and she couldn't even help me. Like, that's, that's how worrying. bad I am. That's worrying, though. <laughs> she also doesn't... Apparently, she's not good with numbers, <laughs> quote unquote. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Karen has admitted that she... Oh, well, that's also, though, like, my mom is a math teacher, and she says all the time that she can't count. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's that. Y'all, um, my mom forgot how old I was one time, and it's literally oh take 2,000, subtract 3, or add 3, like, <laughs> and... Take 2,000 and add 3. Yeah, because I was born in 97. So just add 3 to that, and that's how old I... Or, like, think about whatever year it is. Like, say 2020 right now. So add it's three. 20. Yeah, I'm 23. So you're 23. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, that is the worst. What? <laughs> so you're 1,997 years old? <laughs> no. I'm not explaining it very well. I'm sorry. I've been in training all morning. Uh, (laughs) um, Amy, lay down. Anyway, the point is she should know how old I am for a lot of reasons, including the fact that she is the one who birthed me. So (laughs) her not being good with numbers is not a good excuse. You literally take the year and add three. (laughs) Wow. Oh, yeah, Karen. Okay, <laughs> so um, <laughs> so let's talk about blindness among children. Okay, so each year, the American Printing House for the Blind, or APH, polls each state for data on the number of legally blind children, uh, meaning up through age twenty-one. Okay, we considered a, a child in their grouping. Um, enrolled in elementary and high school in the U.S. in the U.S. eligible to receive free reading matter in Braille, large print or audio format. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that you could get free stuff like that. That's awesome. Um, this is used to develop a quota of federal funds to to be spent in each state for material in each alternative format. So um, <clears throat> I'm not really sure what this means, but it says please note that the numbers quoted below from the APH annual report do not meet the standard definition of statistics. <laughs> <laughs> However, they do provide useful data that is worth including on this page, according to the APH. 
Quote, the specific purpose of the annual federal quota census is to register students in the United States and outlying areas who meet the definition of blindness and are therefore eligible for adapted educational materials from APH through the act to promote the education for the blind. Cool. So, um, nice. statements regarding, <laughs> yeah, statements recording student literacy, use of appropriate learning media, and students taught in a specific medium cannot be re- be supported using APH registration data. <clears throat> so it's not about literacy. Mm-hmm. It's about literally being able to see, it, which is different. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... <sighs> Sorry. You're okay. Wiggles. Um, so the total number of reported students, when was this? 2017? Um, the total number of reported students was 63,357 in 2017, which is a, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, more than I would have thought, because again, like, we've never met anyone. Yeah. You, I don't know. That just seems like such a high number that you would at least know one. Know. Yeah, or know of one. Know know of someone through someone. I don't know something. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> so, um, of those, um, seven point eight percent were Braille readers. So that's forty nine hundred sixty three. Um, print readers, which means they needed large print. Mm-hmm. Um. 32.3%. So that's a bigger number. Yeah. So Braille readers, I would say, is like fully blacked out. Can't read. Mm-hmm. Can't see to read. Um, print readers, so, so 32.3% would have been 20,460. And then people who needed audible, like audi- auditory reading, I would guess because they probably can't read Braille, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> would be... 6,833, which is 10.8%. Goodness. And then people who are who are non-readers would be 20,718, which is 32.7, another big jump. And then pre-readers, which I'm guessing is little kids, mm-hmm. um, would be... I'm guessing that the non-readers and the pre-readers are little kids, yeah. to be honest with you, um, are going to be 10,383. I did know sixteen point four percent. I did know of a little girl um, when I was in middle school. She had to have been preschool, preschool kindergarten age. Um, she was like, she kind of had the same deal that I do. One of her eyes works better than the other, and she had to wear an eye patch um, mm-hmm. to give that eye a break. And she also had to wear glasses. So I mean, oh goodness. <laughs> She was really cute, though. It was really, really cute. <laughs> but you, you brought up, like, kids that age, and I just thought about that. But, like... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting that she mm-hmm. had to wear an eye patch to give her other eye a break. Where the, I guess they were probably trying to see if the other one could catch up. Yeah. When you're little like that and you're developing. Yeah. That's interesting. When you're little like that, it can you can probably help that. I know that one of the girls on Wine and Crime had to wear an eye patch for a while. Kenyon, um, yeah. Yeah, so... She also, like, had a terrible haircut and, like, super thick glasses on top of her eye patch. Oh. That I think... I think she drew a cat on or something like yeah. that. 
this little girl had like a pink <laughs> eye patch was... and it, it had like a flower on it and that's cute yeah oh she was really cute Poor babies and she had like the best name ever i'm not gonna say it on here but it was a really no. good name that's cool yeah i kind of want to name my daughter that name but <laughs> <laughs> um okay so let's talk let's see so now we also have we have it split into um gender okay which is interesting. So yeah. uh, the number of non-institutionalized males or females ages four and under through 20, all races, regardless of ethnicity, with all education levels in the United States who reported a visual disability in 2016. Ready? Mm-hmm. So that was 0.8% of the population, which means oh. it's 706,400 people. Jesus Christ. So when people say things about COVID, like, oh, it's just 0.1% of the population. You forget that. I'm sorry. It's a big number still. (laughs) We're (laughs) a huge fucking country. Yeah. (laughs) That's still a significant number of people. Mm -hmm. If 0.1% of the population dies, that will kill our economy. Oh, yeah. 0.8% percent of the population is blind and that is 700,000 people over 700,000 people that's insane so um of those it's pretty it's pretty well split so um pretty well equally split too so um women well i guess we're talking about kids so girls um <clears throat> girls it was uh 0.79 percent of that 0.8 percent okay so um 0.79 percent and boys were 0.83 percent so uh girls the the full number was 337,700 and uh dudes was 368,700 wow it's still it's interesting so it doesn't it doesn't discriminate yeah and i from that that's not a significant jump either way i don't think do we know what so it doesn't look like it favors one or the other um i it's definitely so it runs in it's genetic okay um most of the time it can also be caused by disease that's why they test people for syphilis and gonorrhea and things like that while you're pregnant Mm -hmm. um that's why it's important for women to have health care um (laughs) easy and cheap access to good health care um so uh like for me i had to have a chlamydia and gonorrhea test Mm -hmm. because um otherwise because that that is housed in the uh, in the cervix yeah. of, of women, and women are generally asymptomatic with those. So, and then your baby passes through that, and it gets in their eyes, mm. and it can cause blindness. Um, I think the same with syphilis, but syphilis is pretty much gone. Same with AIDS, so, too. Um, you, yeah, but I'm not sure that I'm not sure that that causes that that one causes blindness. It does, but I, I, it does. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did a medication okay. training on it yesterday. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there's lots of STIs that can cause you to be born blindness. Mm-hmm. With blindness, um, of course, you can... It, it's more common, I believe, nowadays because of the advanced... Because we now know that those things cause it, that we can take... Per, there's lots of precautions you can take to where your kid is perfectly healthy when you're born, when they're born. Nice. Um, um, as opposed to you know, just inheriting it genetically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, if your parents wore glasses, you'll probably wear glasses. It's just, that's the way the world works. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, um, same with blindness. And then, of course, when a lot of people lose their vision yeah, in life is is the thing. So it's mostly head injuries, eye injuries, you know, concussions, things like that. I had a teacher with a glass eye. Oh. He lost his eye when he was four. There was a flower pot that was broken that was involved. <gasps> it was a terrible ah, story. No, yep. No. Yep. No. It's terrible. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But, I mean, since he had it since he was four, he didn't really... It's not like he missed it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. I mean, there's lots of stuff. I mean, there's uh, the guy from the Sandlot. Ugh. If you haven't seen that, I'm going to punch you through the phone. I've watched it. Okay. Uh, James Earl Jones's character from from the Sandlot. He yeah. took a baseball to the head. Yeah. Ended his career because... He was blind. It damaged his optic nerve. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's actually fairly common. You bonk your head the wrong way and you can lose vision. Um, it can also be anxiety-induced loss. Um, oh. Vision loss. Same with hearing, actually. Hearing has had... That's, I had a friend who, like, literally just woke up one day and one of her ears didn't work. Oh. Yeah. So she was deaf in one ear <laughs> completely deaf in one ear and i think she was like 40 percent in the other oh my god and it never came back what the hell how yeah oh y'all yeah. <laughs> i was like what i'm sorry that can happen and she was like oh yeah <laughs> living proof right here yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god i hate she was it totally fine with it too she learned to she learned to compensate but mm -hmm. yeah and then she was like my mom started learning to sign and i was like mom i don't know sign language that's <laughs> <laughs> just becoming deaf doesn't mean you know sign language yeah <laughs> <laughs> just like being blind doesn't mean you know braille it's another language that you have to learn yeah. so um but it's really cool like if you watch uh it, it it makes me kind of jealous a little bit. I wish that I could read Braille because, like, if you watch Daredevil, he can read so fast. That must be nice. With both hands. That's awesome. He's, like, reading two... Do he's, like, <laughs> going down two documents. It's insane. It's insane. Like, at the My same time. My mind cannot <clears throat> comprehend that. Like, especially if I'm having to translate. Like yeah, it's nuts. I can nuts, focus but again, on one thing. His injury happened when he was six. Yeah, his injury happened when he was six. He lost his vision. So it's, oh, it's just crazy. It's crazy what your brain can, can adapt to. Yeah, you know, and it's it's really cool the things that that blind people that the other senses that blind people you know have that come to compensate for their sight like their hearing and their sense of smell and things and sense of touch mm -hmm. everything gets more advanced to compensate for that lack of vision which is so cool um <clears throat> okay so <clears throat> goodness gracious sorry um so we've got it and it doesn't seem to discriminate against ethnicity either. Um, I'm looking at the race or ethnicity column here, and it's all right around 3% for pretty much every category. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, so the total number of... N the total number, meaning all ages, mm -hmm. totally across the board, kids, 
all the way up through adults. All the adults. All the people. Okay? <laughs> all the people. That makes up 2.4% of our population. Oh, wow. Which is, if you need an actual number, because we do, because we don't understand how numbers work in this country, <laughs> that's 7 million... 675 and 600 people. That's a, that's a that's stupid a, amount of people. That's a lot of people. And that was in 2016. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, knowing what this year's done, the number's probably higher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people have just lost their sight. Yeah. I don't want to see this anymore. <laughs> Um, but that, of course, goes all the way up to people who are super old and have, like, cataracts and yeah. stuff, too, and can't see. So there's that. There's that as well. Um, and, you know, what's the other one? Glaucoma and mm-hmm. all the other terrifying things that happen. Oh, also, if you've got um, diabetes, you've got a higher chance of, like, losing your sight. Really? Yeah, that's why. It that doesn't surprise me. You have a higher chance of everything with diabetes. It's crazy. Well, that's why, like, people that are, like, prone to getting diabetes or, like, have diabetes have to get their vision checked every year because, like, that helps. Like, it's just, it's good to. Catch it quicker. Yeah, be on top of that. Yeah. You know? So that's why I go and get mine done every year. Um, nice. Yeah. And my vision is getting worse. Hopefully, now that I've, like, gotten, now that I've lost some weight and I'm getting back on track, it might get a little better, but who knows? We'll see. It depends. Yeah. I mean, Josh and I, when we got our eyes checked last time, they got better. Mm-hmm. So, um, our eye doctor said something like, your eyes want more help when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. And then they need less when you get to, like, your 30s. Yeah. It was crazy. I don't remember what he said. It was, it's was. it been a minute. But he <laughs> <laughs> was like, well, they got better. And I'm like, yes! That's <laughs> <clears throat> all I needed. Just give me the correct prescription. Yes. Oh, goodness gracious. Shout out to Dr. Burt. You're the best. All right. So, um, do, 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 uh, okay. So let's talk about this real quick because this is really interesting. So let's talk about income and poverty status. So this is from 2016. Um, so the annual earnings and poverty status of non-institutionalized persons, meaning adults, Mm -hmm. um, aged 21 to 64 years, with a visual disability in the United States. So the median annual in- earnings was 38500 Oh. And their median ho- annual household income was 41300 And the number living below the, fo- the poverty line was 27.7%. Oh, Jesus. Which is 1,048,600 people. Who are visually impaired living below the poverty line. Not cool. No. And the thing is, we have the technology to make that a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Which is very sad. Um, I think... I mean, now, we, we might need to take it a little bit with a grain of salt. Because 
we are still straddling like what your situation is with with Stevie like mm-hmm. we we are still straddling um the line between leaving people in the dust and developing and then having developed the technology to then help people and give them the resources that they need yeah um we're not there yet of course but it's getting I better think we're still straddling the line yeah. again yeah between there have been some people left in the dust in the past and we can't there's not much that can be done to help them now mm-hmm. as far as you know teaching them braille or teaching them the skills that they need to use to operate a blind computer you know those those kinds of things they were probably told that they couldn't do anything except sweep floors or something yeah when they were younger you know what i mean and then and then coming up now we have more knowledge we're a lot less ableist of a society mm-hmm. than we used to be. We're not perfect. I'm not saying that. No. <laughs> not saying that ableism isn't still a thing because it definitely is. But we're 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 making progress in this area for sure. Um, and I just thought that that was really interesting. So that number is very huge, but I feel like the more resources that we come up with, and the more awareness there is, and the more normalized this becomes. Yeah. The less that that is going to become an issue, for sure. Um, do, 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 do. I don't want to talk about health insurance. <laughs> It'll just depress everyone. Um, uh, yeah, so, and that, but this also goes hand in hand with employment status, which is not great. Um, <clears throat> that did not sound only good. twenty nine. Yeah, under under twenty nine point five percent. Twenty nine point five percent were employed full time, full year oh. in twenty sixteen. Yikes! That's it of the blind population, not of our entire population, by the way. No, and um, <laughs> therefore, that means that um, over seventy percent are not employed full time. Um, and that could be because they they may have other issues. They may have mobility issues as well, and yeah. things like that that make it that that make it difficult for them to work full time. They may have to have a caregiver, but that of course then is an expense. You have to pay a caregiver, mm-hmm. you know. So you, it's it's definitely one of those things where, like, uh, for example, oh, what is the name of his podcast? Uh, the the guy who di- the the guy who's disabled that was on he has cerebral palsy that did um an episode of Wine and Crime. I can't think what it's oh. what the name of his podcast is. Andrew, um, it was a sex podcast. Um, yes, it's a sex positive disability podcast, and it's fantastic. And he's Canadian and delightful. And I can't think what his name is. Let me. I'm scrolling through. Um, can you scroll through and find it? Yeah, I'm trying to do that now. Scroll through one in crime and 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 find it for me. But he was talking about how, you know, when you have a disability like this, the main thing on his mind every morning is he wakes up and dis- and says, "Okay, how am I going to make money today?" Mm-hmm. Um, especially because he's wheelchair bound. He's not mobile, cerebral palsy. Um. <clears throat> So he's wheelchair bound and so he has to, he basically, he's thankfully found a way to make money like from Twitter and from his podcast and stuff like that. So he can work from home and 
has and he's hilarious so he's great you know he he's gotten really lucky in that andrew regard gerza. well not really lucky because he's yes andrew gerza what's the name of his podcast uh that's what i'm looking up now Um, disability but anyway, after it's, dark. It's disability after dark. I knew it was something about dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's magnificent. You guys should totally listen to him. But um, so it's the same. The same goes for this kind of thing where it's okay. How do I get up? How do I make enough money to, you know, exist? Because that 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 earning thirty eight thousand five hundred is not that livable of an income no it's barely a livable income no no it's i mean i think my mom it's about eight grand i think it's a little bit more than a teacher makes and we all know how that feels yeah (laughs) i mean i think my mom has been making she was making about 35 for a long time i think she's recently like gone up a little bit to like 38 um what does that have to do? What do you well, mean? Well, uh, like, just... Your mom has a very livable income, I thought. Yeah. Like, that's just... I'm just trying to base it on, like, what I know, which is not... Like, oh. it, it's not at all the same, but, well, like, like... Okay. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to like put when it... when you were younger? No. Like... R- Never mind. Let's move on. We don't need to discuss my mom's income <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> what's going on okay so um let's see here in this day and age if you have a disability that means extra expenses and so 38 grand a year is not enough no that's (laughs) That's what i was trying to say (laughs) that's also what i was trying to get at like like my mom and i don't have the same expenses someone who is blind would have but like i'm just trying to put it in terms of like what that you would understand yeah gotcha because about thirty eight thousand to forty thousand is normal for like people that i've known like in my area growing up like that's just but like i'm responsible you can make that work for sure yeah but i couldn't imagine like being on that and also having to like pay for a caregiver and like yeah or whatever extra expenses go along with yeah keeping your keeping your guide dog trained or um keeping your software up to date for your braille situation or you know just yeah. just in general i don't know I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of free resources but in general what 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 you see you know it's the free stuff isn't always great quality yeah <laughs> you know um like just for a really silly and stupid example mom was always like Mom's been criticizing me for buying postpartum materials, mm-hmm. like you know, ice pad, maxi pads, and disposable underwear and stuff like that. And she was like, "You know, they give you that at the hospital." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's shitty." Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, if we're in a pandemic, fucking everything's in short supply. I'm not trying to like <laughs> scrounge around the house for toilet paper and a diaper, like what. <laughs> You know, like, um, I want to be comfortable, so I'm gonna, and I, we have the means, so I'm gonna spend 30 bucks and 
get me something that'll help me be comfortable and feel like a human. Yeah. Um. You deserve to so, feel comfortable. Um, yes. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so let's see. So yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. I feel like we've kind of covered all the bases. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty eye opening. <laughs> See what uh, I did there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I didn't realize it was that significant of a of. I knew it was big, but I didn't realize it was that big. Yeah. Um, that big of a of a portion of our population, which um you know deserves deserves to be seen, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um yeah deserves all the resources we can give them for sure um uh what anything you got anything to contribute (laughs) over there (laughs) not right now i don't have i don't of course have um so there's of course resources for people who are blind um we've got the american foundation for the blind um the cdc of course Mm -hmm blindness america all of that kind of stuff um the thing is that the people who are blind probably know of more yeah (laughs) (laughs) more than i do uh guiding eyes for the blind there's just there's a lot of things um a lot of a lot of resources out there which is really really great nowadays um i think the thing that we need to look at is how we how we're helping the people who have been quote unquote left behind yeah. who are older. Yeah. Um which is where that big old question mark comes into play. So Yeah. Um finding a good foundation like that donate veterans especially get a lot of bl- I, I mean it can only imagine from the wars or from being dis- you know being deployed places the injuries you sustain. Yeah. Um the things you're exposed to that they, that can cause blindness later, you know. It, it, so it's it's important to make sure we're all doing our part and seen. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for a break? That's all I got. I yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> you're floundering and you don't have to. I'm about to follow I know. stories. It's okay. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> It's, this All is right, not the end of the break. episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a break. So we're back. Hi. Hi, everybody. Okay, so I um, I decided that I wanted to talk about success stories and people that Yay! are like living their lives creatively and having a lot of success um, that are also blind. So, um, I found this list of, um, blind painters that I wanted to talk about. Oh, cool! Yeah, and I found one that really stuck out. So, I wanted to talk about him first, and then we will talk about all the others as well. So, um, and I got information from his website, and from his Wikipedia page, and from an article on BoardPanda.com. Um, and of course from this list. So those are my resources and I'll tell you guys where the list is from in a little bit when we can go through it. So John Bramblett. Unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about John Bramblett. Um, 
He was born in 1971, and he is a blind painter of American origin. He is ranked as the number one blind painter in the world, and is currently the only blind muralist in the world. What? Mm Mm-hmm. He has... That's so cool. Right? And, like, I've got a lot of quotes from him about how he paints, and it's really cool. And his stuff is gorgeous. Um, I'll put a link to his website um, in the description so you guys can go and check out his art. Um, okay. He's got murals in New York and Dallas, Texas. Uh, he is known for his bright colors and a style that is a mixture of impressionism combined with the modern feel of pop art. Um, Bramblett's art has gone to over 120 countries around the world, and he is known for his interactive speaking events, lectures, and free art workshops where everyone paints together no matter their ability or disability. Um, cool. Yeah. And he's just... I love that. I love art. Yeah. It just brings people together. Right? Ugh. So, um, he lives in Denton, Texas, uh, and he has appeared internationally in print, TV, and radio. He has appeared on CBS Evening News with Katie Couric, ABC, NBC, Fox, uh, Discovery Channel, and BBC Radio and TV, to name a few outlets that he's been on. And he's been featured okay. in the New York Times and Psychology Today, um, as well as designed the artwork for numerous. He famous, yeah. <laughs> he's designed the artwork for numerous magazine covers and even the artwork for major film productions. Um, he's the subject of the award-winning documentary shorts "Line of Sight" and "Bramblet," which we should watch sometime because I bet those would be really inspirational and cool. Um. His work has received much recognition, including the most inspirational video of 2008 from YouTube and three presidential service awards for his innovative art workshops. Um, and again, he's blind. He is the... Mm. He's also... I, it's insane. Like, I can't even... <laughs> I'm, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. It's so cool. Yeah. And um, he is also the author of the award-winning book, Shouting in the Dark... Which I would love to read. Wow. It's 100% going on my list. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He currently works as a consultant for museums and developing programs that are designed to include everyone, no matter their ability or disability. Shouting in the Dark is the story of his life, his journey navigating through his new territory of blindness, and how he ultimately rekindles his joy, passion, and relationships through art. Because he was not born blind. Um... Really? Yeah. Prior to his blindness, John studied at the University of North Texas in Denton, where he graduated with honors. When Bramblett lost the lost the last of his vision in 2001 due to complications with epilepsy and Lyme's disease, um, his hopes of becoming a creative writing teacher were shattered and he sunk into a deep depression. He felt yeah, he felt disconnected from family and friends, alienated alienated and alone but then something amazing happened he discovered painting he learned to distinguish between different colored paints by feeling their textures with his fingers see Mm -hmm. that's so cool he taught it's so cool what our bodies can do right Ugh, that just fascinates me 
He taught himself how to paint using raised lines to help him find his way around the canvas. And through something called haptic visualization, which enables him to quote-unquote see his subjects through touch, he now paints amazingly lifelike portraits of people he's never seen, including his wife and son. Um, Wow. Right? How? So he just, he touches, like, he feels them, and, like, I guess with his haptic visualization and, Mm -hmm. like, knowing the textures of different colors, that's how he figures out what colors he needs to use, and... But where to put your brush? Yeah. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Knowing the colors is only half the battle, man. Like... (laughs) You you gotta have accuracy. Oh, that's so insane. Well, um, he talks about it here in a minute. Um, okay. So he's functionally blind, which means that his eyes can only differentiate between sunlight and darkness. Despite this, he has developed a novel way to paint by using textured paints to feel his way around the canvas. Basically, what I do is replace everything that the eyes would do for a sighted artist with the sense of touch. Um, okay. The raised lines take care of finding your placement on the canvas. He also has an interesting solution for color. Um, all of the bottles and paint tubes in my studio are brailled, and when mixing colors, I use recipes. In other words, I will measure out different portions of each color that I need to produce the right hue. This is no different than using a recipe to bake a cake. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, art pretty much reshaped his life um in every way as it does because it's beautiful yeah (laughs) fund the arts yes seriously um his paintings are intensely personal and are mostly taken from real people and events in his life john's workshops are unique in the art world and that they not only span the gap between beginning and professional artists but also include adaptive techniques for people with disabilities According to John, everyone has an artist somewhere in them. Sometimes they just need a little help letting it out. Oh, So that was his story. Uh, That's so good! Right? He really stood out to me, and I wanted to talk about him in depth, because he sounds like such a cool person. Um, And I really want to go to one of his workshops. Because, like, I have no excuse now you know like I, like i want to paint and like i have no excuse like um <laughs> we should do one of those sipping sipping paint classes we should you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah, where you yeah. like have wine and i love those that's like all i want to do <laughs> ever same like if i'm gonna go out and do something and want to like hang out with my friends like sarah and i had signed up for one before the pandemic we were gonna we we signed up for a class to um learn to paint our pets uh-huh and it ended up getting canceled because you know everyone was diseased and so yeah. um <clears throat> so we had to choose between um signing up for another like getting credit basically mm-hmm. like a gift card for a future class or just having them paint our pets and we were like well we still want the picture of our pet oh because because that's what that's what we wanted to do but we'll still sign up for one in the future but so we decided to have her paint our puppies 
for us. Aww. And so I have a beautiful painting of Hammy. That's so cute. I didn't even... That I think I'm going to hang up in the nursery, <laughs> but it's so cute. And, oh, I'm so bummed that it, that we didn't get to do it because we were so pumped. Aww. <laughs> she does that kind of stuff um, for Logan Aluminum where we work. Uh-huh. So she, uh, sh- she organizes, like, employee discounts and things like that for local businesses in Russellville to help support local businesses. Nice. Um, that's part of her job. So she's going to – I'm sure she's going to arrange something with them again in the future. And I'm really excited. I want to do it. Nice. Let me know. Cause and I'll, I want Josh to come, too. Yeah, I'll come do it. Because he's so good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it'd be so fun. Yes. Yes. Also, you need to get me hired on there. Seriously. Um, I don't have any pulled <laughs> right now. <laughs> I've been there for two weeks. I know. But like <laughs> when you do have some pull. And a job has to come open too, honey. <laughs> I know. Not gonna lie, I was looking at their website last night. <laughs> yeah. Um so this list of other people that are blind, um, was by Robert Grimanick, and it was posted November 18th, 2015, on Top10s.net. So, um, to state the obvious, painting is very much a visual medium, so having sight is pretty important when it comes to working as a painter. But mm-hmm. then there are some amazing people who are legally blind and have painted some incredibly beautiful works that rival that of artists who can see. Um, oop, went down too far. Also, it's important to note that there are a few people on the list who are considered legally blind, which means they do have some vision, but not much. In order to be considered legally blind, someone needs to have 20 out of 200 vision in their best eye. Um, for some perspective, that is just being able to read the big letter E on an optometrist chart. Oh, wow. I can barely read that. <laughs> like, whenever... The big E? Yeah. Like, I know what it is. Jesus Christ, Kay. But I can't see it. See, that's what I found myself doing, too, because... And I had to tell Mom this, too. I was like, listen, so I figured out that we're both <laughs> perfectionists. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that that's a novel concept. You've heard me talk about it a lot. <laughs> but we want to pass the test. Yeah. And it's not about that. It's about what you can actually see. And so we're both like squinting and we're like, like, I know that that's a G. Because I'm using logic and I can tell by the shape, but I can't see it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so I was like, you, you kind of have to be honest. <laughs> you can't just like push yourself because you're not going to get the right prescription and you're still not going to be able to read that G. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and she was like oh, wow, I never thought about it that way. (laughs) Because we're both trying to get the right answer. Yeah. (laughs) It's not about that at all. (laughs) So I had to start saying, I know that that's a G because I can tell, but that's, I can't see it. (laughs) Like, it's blurry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah. When I... Then I ended up with a prescription that works. (laughs) (laughs) When I told... When I told the person doing my exam and my mom that I could not see the E, my mom was like, how can you not see that? I'm like, I'm fucking blind, Karen. Because (laughs) I can't see. (laughs) What do you mean? How? Because my eyes don't work, Karen. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
time. How can you not see that? Because I can't. Because <laughs> I can't see it, Karen. <laughs> oh my gosh. What do you mean? Um, oh, your mother. <laughs> oh, it was funny. <laughs> it was like. She's so special. <laughs> so, um, while a few of them do have some vision, painting is an incredibly complex process involving shading, color, depth perception, I have none, um, lighting, <laughs> and many more aspects that wholly rely on the eyes. So, overcoming their impairment is still an outstanding feat. Um, yeah, my depth perception is really bad. Which is why I tend to trip a lot. I'm not feeling good about you driving me anywhere anymore. <laughs> well, I, I wear my glasses all the time when I drive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I do. I promise. <laughs> That's why I used to keep them in my okay. car. <laughs> I still don't feel good about it. <laughs> but. You're like, I have no death perception and I can't read the E <laughs> at the top of the, the vision test. And I'm like, mm, how about I drive from now on? <laughs> You know what? That's fine. <laughs> Driving stresses me out for a lot of reasons. Oh, <laughs> is that why you make me drive in Nashville? Yeah. <laughs> you could have told me the truth. It does. Well, it does. Make- like I'm blind. So <laughs> it does make me really nervous, though. <laughs> like, not gonna lie. Nashville makes me almost sick trying to drive. Yeah, it. it makes me really nervous too. <laughs> um, so number ten is Michael Williams. Um, born in Memphis, Tennessee, in 1964, Michael Williams first became interested in art while watching his mother, who was an artist, draw a cowboy riding off into the sunset. Williams then trained himself how to draw and moved on to painting. Um, but as a teenager, he was diagnosed with Stagart's disease. No, Stargart's. Stargart's? I don't know what sure. that is. Um, which is a degenerative disease that affects people before the age of 20 and affects their eyesight. Despite losing much of his vision, Williams continued to draw and won a number of awards in high school. In order to paint, Williams uses a powerful magnifying glass and leans in closely to the canvas. Since his vision is so limited, he has a problem deciphering between certain shades and colors, so a lot of the time he has to improvise with his work. Williams will spend anywhere from two weeks to a year adding detail in the painting, but he, like the rest of the painters on the list, will never be able to see the picture as a whole or much of the intricate details that have gone into the painting. Um, Mm. when Williams is asked about his impairment, he says that just because you're limited in sight, you don't have to be limited in insight. Ooh, someone's wise. Right? And like, I think all of these have a video with them. So I'll drop this link as well, because these are just fascinating to me. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So. Sidebar, there's a version of Clue that is the office Clue. Oh my god, we need it. Yeah. <laughs> Just throwing that in for a second. It's always going to be Creed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> or Stanley. Yeah. Or yeah. Or, or maybe Dwight by accident. I don't know. I don't know. I'm already sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> so number nine is Hal Lasko. 
Um, Painting can be done in many ways, and not many people would consider someone who uses Microsoft Paint as a painter. But what do you call someone like Hal Lasko, who made beautiful works of art using the program? What makes Lasko's work even more impressive is that when he created amazing pictures on paint, he was in his late 80s and 90s and was also legally blind. Wow. Right? Lasko was born in 1915 and served in World War II, where he had a job planning bombing raids. After the war, he lived in Cleveland and worked... That's insane. Wow. Right? Could you imagine? Oh my god. No. (laughs) That's insanely stressful. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Oh, I plan where we're gonna... (laughs) Where we're gonna bomb the shit out of people. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, after the war, he lived in Cleveland and worked as a graphic designer before going into topography. He developed his own notable font and worked as a designer for American Greetings before retiring in the 1970s. In 2000, Lasko's grandson showed him Microsoft Paint on a computer that the family bought him for his 85th birthday. He played around with the basic art program that comes with Microsoft Windows and seemed to really enjoy it. Okay, I have to say, could you imagine going from planning bomb no. raids to working for American Greeting Cards? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet it's a welcome relief. Yeah. Oh my god. But the range there. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's oh. incredible. High stakes to no stakes. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um... Paint became very important to Lasko in 2005 when he lost some of his vision due to wet macular denigration, which causes the central vision to deteriorate. So the only way he can see things clearly is to look at them sideways. He said that paint allowed him to magnify things enough so that he could see them and then painted his masterpieces pixel by pixel. He also said that... interesting. Right? He also said that he could work with his eyes closed. Lasko's work is described as a cross between pointillism and 8-bit. He was featured in a Super Bowl ad in 2014, and the day after the Super Bowl, he had his first solo exhibit in Cleveland. On July 6, 2014, Lasko passed away at the age of 98. Oh, But that's like an amazing, that's an amazing accomplishment, though. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. He lived a really full life. Clearly. (laughs) Goodness gracious. So this next one is uh, Keith Salmon. It's it's just, it's really cool. I love when we do success stories like this because it's, a lot of it is the difference between using your disability as an excuse and finding ways to cope and overcome it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Finding ways to, to use it to make your story unique and using it, using the advantages that you get that come along with it. You know, like having extra touch powers and <laughs> yeah, and senses of smell and things like that. And of course, these people probably had some good resources and some solid support. So that's also really important to, you know, acknowledge. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, are you going to let it hold you back or are you going to wallow forever? And you can't wallow forever. None of us can. No. 
don't want to. And these are people that found some really cool ways to channel their energy. This is just really cool. Yeah. I love these two. Um, and it's there's a bunch of them, so I just like talking about a lot of them. And there's like a whole list on... Um, I deadass looked up a list of blind people. I'm not going to lie. Like famous blind people. And there's a whole <laughs> Wikipedia list that I went through. And I was like, oh my God. And I decided so to neat. go with the arts. Um, Homer is on there. The Greek um, playwright. And, you know, all that other fun stuff. So, uh, number eight is Keith Salmon. Um, he was born in Essex. United Kingdom in 1959. Essex. Essex, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he studied fine art in... Grand- Essex. <laughs> Love you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he studied fine art and graduated in 1983. After graduating, he worked as a sculptor and painter for several years. But in 1989, he was diagnosed with diabetic retinopathy and his eyesight deteriorated. Oh, so that's what you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, and his eyesight deteriorated quickly, eventually leaving him legally blind. A setback like blindness may have been devastating to many other artists, but Salmon became more determined and dedicated to his artwork. What's impressive about Salmon is that he paints landscapes, which he, of course, can't see, nor can he, nor can he get a sense of the landscape using his hands like someone could with small objects. Salmon, who was an active climber and hiker before going blind, that's ironic, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> continues <laughs> on doing hikes along the hills in the United Kingdom, then paints the little that he does see and then combines it with what he feels and what he senses about the landscape. And there's a link wow. to his YouTube um, where you can see his landscape paintings, which are really neat. Um. So this next one is Arthur Ellis, and his looks a little um, abstract. I really like it, though. Um, I love abstract art. Yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot about this one. Um, In the late 1960s, Arthur Ellis was an art student and graduated with a degree in fine art. He moved to London, England, and tried to make a career for himself before moving back to his hometown of Tunbridge Wells. There, he worked full-time as a print finisher and worked on drawings, paintings, and sculpting in his spare time, thinking one day he would become a full-time artist. But life, as it tends to do, got in the way, and he worked at his day job for 26 years. In 2006... Of course, mm -hmm. because that's what happens to everyone. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what I don't want to do. Yeah. Um, in 2006, he went to the doctors with an earache. His doctor quickly figured out that Ellis had meningitis and he was immediately hospitalized and fell into a coma. Um, oh my God. Ellis's family was told to expect the worst over the next nine months, including brain damage and life support. Ellis survived but lost his sight and much of his hearing. Oh my god. Right? After returning home, Ellis was determined to continue drawing. Through a series of trial and errors, he created a technique where he uses blue tack to map out the picture. 
Then he has a tool that is similar to a barcode reader that he can press against the tube and it will tell him what color the paint is. Um, hmm. That's interesting. Right? Ellis also suffers from Charles Bonnet syndrome, which is a condition where blind people undergo vivid and recurring visual hallucinations. He then includes these hallucinations in his artwork. See, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Oh, I couldn't even imagine that. That's awful. Um, yeah. So, number six is Sergei Popolson. Um, and he was born in Russia in 1964. Um, and he grew up in uh, Siberia. And as a young adult, he attended art school. Due to a number of personal problems and two years of mandatory military service, he never completed his schooling. From there, he had a turbulent life, and in 1990, he attempted suicide. He survived, but suffered a serious head injury that left him blind. While still recovering, Popolson started to teach himself how to draw and paint. In order to to orientate, orientate wow i can't talk today um um, in order to orientate himself in terms of space and shape he sticks pins into the canvas and uses that as a visual marker he says that the hardest thing about painting is keeping the image in his head from the first stroke to the last because he can't draw any rough plans before he paints it yeah that makes sense um, it sounds like everybody has their own, like, totally unique process of how they've, like, adapted, adapted their, uh, adapted their process, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That's, yeah, just. It's really cool. Yeah. And it just highlights that, like, we're all so different, but we're all, like, the same and that we have to find things that work for us. And, mm-hmm. like, it's, yeah. it's really, ne- it's really neat what you can do. Um. God, okay, this this next one, he is from India, and I'm probably going to butcher his name. Um, Binod Bihari Mukherjee. Sounds right. You did a good job. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1904, he was born blind in one eye, and the other was myopic. I don't know what that means. Unable to attend... What? Uh, the other was myopic. He was blind in one eye. Myopic? Yeah. What does that mean? Hold on. I know what it means, but I couldn't tell you, so let me look it up. Nearsighted. Uh, lacking imagination, foresight, or intellect or intellectual insight. Or nearsighted. I think it means nearsighted here. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's used to s- sure. Okay. It said the other one was myopic. <laughs> So I'm assuming it means nearsighted there. Okay. <laughs> um, unable to attend traditional schools because of his visual impairment, McCarrie threw himself into painting. In 1919, he went to art school, and in 1925, he became a teacher at the art school, and he stayed on until 1949. Um. Throughout the years, his already poor eyesight deteriorated further, and in 1954, he underwent an unsuccessful surgery for cataract removal and was left completely blind. 
After losing what little sight he had, Mukherjee continued to paint, draw, and sculpt using what he referred to as his inner eye and his years of experience to guide him. He passed away in 1980 and is considered a legend in Indian modern art. And he is one of the... Wait a minute. His inner eye like Professor Trelawney? Well, probably not. Like he... (laughs) (laughs) I think he used to... Well, I mean, I I also... Rolled in your minds. (laughs) Also don't know. It is Indian (laughs) culture and they're very spiritual. (laughs) Um, That's true. Like, I think he could also mean, like, he just, I mean, we all have inner visualizations that we can. Yeah, I know. I'm just being silly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was really trying to put some effort into that conversation. No, I was making a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He passed away in 1980 and is considered a legend in Indian modern art, and he is um, they left out a word that doesn't yes. make this make sense. <laughs> uh, I, okay. I think they left out a few words. He is one of the visually impaired painters to ever live. He was what? <laughs> it reads, I swear to God, he is one of the visually impaired painters to ever live. Oh. Maybe I'm going to put... They left out an adjective. Yeah. (laughs) One of... (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to say most successful. (laughs) I think that works. We can assume that. Yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is Jeff Hansen, and he was more recent. Um. Jeff Hansen was a healthy baby when he was born in 1993, but as he aged, his parents noticed that there was something wrong with his vision. He kept bumping into things, and when his father took him... so scary. I know. And when his father took him out one evening to show him the stars through a telescope, his father discovered that Jeff's vision was so impaired that he couldn't even see the stars in the sky. He couldn't see the stars. I know. Oh, that's so sad. It turns out that Jeff had neurofibromatosis, and it created a tumor in his brain that was causing him to lose his sight and stunted (gasps) his growth. (gasps) The doctors worked to shrink the tumor, and this involved going through chemotherapy, which is a miserable experience for grown adults, let alone a child. So in order to keep her son occupied during chemo, Jeff's mother planned an activity where he painted postcards with watercolor paints. As Jeff did the painting, he immediately felt a connection to visual art, even though he was slowly losing his vision. Oh my goodness. Uh, His parents thought that his paintings were good, but just normal kid stuff, and then his mother started using the postcards as thank you cards for people who had helped them during the chemo process. That is when people started asking for duplicates, which led to Jeff's... That's cool. Which led to Jeff selling them at a stand on his driveway, and then the business really took off. Currently, he has a six-month backlog and some famous fans... Warren Buffett has one of his paintings, and Elton John has two. Wow. As far as... Get it. Right? As far... As for how much his paintings are worth, 
for an original, you're looking at about four thousand um, dollars. What? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. But what really makes Jeff's story so amazing is that for every painting that is purchased, he donates another painting to charity for things like auctions. At these auctions, his paintings will often go for as high as $20,000. Wow. This strategy was so... What? mm -hmm, This strategy was so successful that Jeff raised $1 million and donated it all to charity before he turned 20. Um, how Jeff, who is legally blind... And he's a beautiful human at the same time. Right. Really? (laughs) Really? Yeah. Wow. They're all amazing. (laughs) It's fine. I'm just gonna lay here and watch Netflix. (laughs) And (laughs) birth a human, and that'll be my greatest accomplishment. (laughs) I'm just kidding. How how Jeff, who is legally blind, paints is that he puts a plastic quote-unquote goop on the front and the sides of the canvas. This goop leaves ridges when it hardens, and he then uses the ridges to feel along the canvas to coordinate himself. Oh, nice. So that's how he, like, keeps his spatial... Yeah. Keeps track of, like, where, where he is in space. Yeah. Interesting. So this next one is Sargi Man. Sargi? Sargi. Yeah, we're going to call him Mr. Man. Um, in 1973, <laughs> when English painter and art teacher Mr. Mann was 35, he had cataract removal surgery. This was the first of a number of operations on his eyes, and each time the surgeries left his eyesight in worse shape. Quit doing it. Like, I'm sorry, but if it <laughs> keeps getting worse, let's not continue to do that. Stop. Um. Oh. I would be worried about losing what little I had. Yeah. Um, While going blind is difficult, man did find something interesting in his vision's deterioration. He found that each time he had a procedure, he said that the way he saw things had changed. So at each stage, he learned how to see the world again and then taught himself how to paint his new vision, which gave him a unique artistic insight. Um... In May of 2005, Mann traveled to Spain to do some painting for a few weeks. He returned to his home in Suffolk, and the next day, which was his 68th birthday, Mann woke up and found that he was completely blind. Yet, despite not being able to see, Mann continued to paint, and it was during this time that he was most successful with his artwork. Um... His paintings have been purchased by Steven Spielberg and Daniel Day-Lewis, and a large painting sells for about $75,000. Are you still there? Holy mother of God. (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, What? Uh, That's insane. That's so cool. Yeah. Good for him. (laughs) Could you imagine... Having something that no. beautiful that someone no. pays you $75,000 for it. Nope. No, I can't. <laughs> um, Unless it's a house that I flip one day. <laughs> and you would probably make more than that. Um, if you're flipping a house. True. Because <laughs> it's a house. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
man managed to paint some of his, his best work by using pieces of blue tack to coordinate the areas he wanted to paint, and then he has his wife help out with color and tone. Mann said that when he painted, he could see the canvas change color in his mind. Mann passed away on April 5th, 2015. Again, another person who led a very full life. A very amazing life. Um, And the last one that we're going to talk about, because we already talked about number one, um, is Ezra Hmm. Armigan. Okay. Uh, he was born in 1953 in Turkey with one eye that was incredibly underdeveloped and the, un- the other eye was non-functional, meaning that he was blind from birth. Oh, man. Growing up in a poor family, Armageddon didn't receive any formal education and taught himself to read, write, and even draw despite his impairment. When What? Mm-hmm. What? Why? What else? Why, why did he have to do that? Um, they didn't have that resource at school, I guess. Oh, that's so terrible. Probably not. When was this? 19- Sorry, when was this? When was he born? 1953. Oh, God, no, then. Yeah. No, definitely not. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. I should have paid attention. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, <coughs> when he was just a child, he used cardboard and nails to draw shapes. By the time he was eight, he had completed his first picture, which was of a butterfly. When he was 18, Armageddon was painting on full-size canvases. The process in which Armageddon paints is that he creates the image in his head, including the colors that he plans on using. Armageddon uses five colors, plus white and black, and then mixes them. From there, he uses his fingers in amazing concentration to paint incredibly vivid and colorful scenes. Um... He is remarkable because of his use of color, shadow, composition, perspective, and scale. He is able to draw things as if they are fading into the distance, and he can draw objects in three dimensions, which scientists thought was impossible for someone who has never had sight. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, fair, because he's never seen Yeah. in three dimensions. So, wow. What? Mm-hmm. Brains are crazy. Yeah. Oh, and oh, and we're gonna get to nerd out here in a second. Um, in fact, drawing all three dimensions correctly for people who can see is quite challenging. Neuroscientists performed a brain scan on Arbigan, and they found that when he draws, his visual cortex lights up. Where with most blind people, that area of the brain stays dark. Um. This indicates that vision is much more than light coming into our eyes and that our brains are hardwired to understand things like space and depth. Hmm. Which is fascinating. To me, at least. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't either. I didn't even think about that like being a possibility. No. But yeah. So those were 10 amazing people. Who were very yeah, successful awesome. and who were able to overcome their disabilities despite, and I was going to say, it sounds like both of those, uh, some of them had more opportunities than others, but then you did this one where he had to teach himself to do everything. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's incredible. Right. <clears throat> so I loved it. I loved this topic. I had a lot of fun with it. Nice. 
right. You ready for a game? Yeah, I am. Okay. I don't know whose turn it is. <laughs> uh, I think it's mine. But... I think I think you're right, but I also don't know, so... Oh, goodness, I'm sorry. Oh, this kid is... Sucking the life out of you. It's... Yeah, it's it's back to square one with the fatigue. Oh. You get, like, energy in the middle, and then you're bookended with sleepiness, so... Oh, oh I need a nap. Okay, <laughs> so, um... This is our game by, <laughs> by Drunk, Stoned, or Stupid called If You Had To. Um... And so, go ahead. If you had to, would you? I already choose yours. Um, what is it? You can talk to animals, but they all hate you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Or, um, bathe every morning with a fire hose. Oh. I have sensitive skin. Yeah, talk to animals, but they all can you hate a- you. Can Can you adjust the... The strength of a fire hose? I don't think <laughs> that you can. <laughs> I don't... I mean... Okay, well, I'm gonna choose mine because I feel like I could innovate in some way. <laughs> Maybe I just spray it into the bathtub and fill it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then get in. I don't know. I feel like I could innovate there, but it would truly break my heart if all animals hated me because animal. I prefer animals over humans. <laughs> Reindeer are better than people. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and I want reindeer on my farm. So, um, anyway. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, is anything bringing you joy? We didn't do that at the beginning. Um, Not much I got, these days. <laughs> I got my medica- medication certification training done. So I can officially give medicine to people. Yay! Uh, um, for your job, yeah. By the yeah, way, yeah, for my not, job, like not <laughs> just like, like I can't, on the street. Yeah, I can't dispense medication. <laughs> um, no, but uh, that's done. Passed with a hundred on the test today, and um, I've been waking up earlier, so that's been nice. And I decided to go ahead and redeem my free trial of HBO Max because I get a free trial for a month because I just bought a phone with AT&T. And I've been watching Big Bang Theory. But... Oh, nice! Yeah, I don't know if it's my internet or if it's the fact that HBO Max is kind of new, but it's freezing a lot. So I'm not super... That's what Disney Plus used to do, yeah. too, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm thinking it just needs a little time to work out the kinks, but I'm, I'm happy that I get to watch Big Bang Theory, so... Yeah. Yes. I've been thinking about rewatching that show, too. <laughs> you should. Absolutely. Except that I no longer have a DVD player in my bedroom. I only have a fire stick, so oh. you might need to slide that password my way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I'm kind of kidding. I can slide the password your way. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> but I- We share everything. Um, <laughs> we do, but I'm going to can- be real with you. I'm going to be deleting it before September 2nd, so... Because it's fourteen. Oh, is it the free trial? Yeah, it's fourteen ninety nine a month. Damn it! Wait, so with HBO Max, do you get? This is not an ad, by the way. Mm-mm. Do you get all the other HBO stuff too? You get 
a lot of the HBO stuff. Like, I saw John Oliver on there. But or do you have to pay for both? I saw John Oliver on there, but I don't know if it's the whole series or not. Um, I don't, like, I don't know. I'll, I haven't really played with it a whole hmm. lot. I got on there to get Friends and Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, because, like... Anyway, I'll shop later. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I'll let you use it I'll and see what you think. I'll shop for streaming services. Okay, cool. Because, yeah. Um, okay, so, because um, <clears throat> I'm already paying for HBO, so mm-hmm. that sounds like a dollar more than I'm paying for HBO. Um, <laughs> and I'm about to have a child, so it'd be great to have Sesame Street and Looney Tunes and the other shit that they have on there for kids. Yeah. Um, anyway. <clears throat> Trying to think what's bringing me joy. It's nice to have my house almost done. Yeah. <sighs> I can breathe. Gifts are still kind of trickling in from where people, you know, purchased up until the deadline. Mm-hmm. I got a few gaps filled in nice. for myself. Um, yeah, you know, like I bought these chocolate milk lactation supplement things. And some disposable booby pads and just a few other you just you know just a few other things where like you know the swaddles i registered for are all out of stock now because i did my registry in february and oh you know just little things i don't even know if my kid's gonna like to be swaddled but i got like a little two pack of zero to three month size ones just to see normally they will well, generally, yeah. but sometimes you get a wiggly fella, and I have a wiggly fella in my tummy right now. Yeah, so, yours is pretty wiggly. Um, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> yeah, so who knows? Um, that's why I didn't get, like, any bigger sizes, because I don't want to spend money on, like, a bunch of that stuff, and then, like, not need it at all. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, did that, got my hospital bag almost completely packed. I'm feeling very prepared. I feel like I can sleep. Good. Which is probably why I'm feeling tired, because I, I, the anxiety is leaving, which is really nice. Good. So yeah, that makes just sense. Just ready for the next part. Just ready. I'm ready to be able to move and hold my child. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. But, yeah. So far, everything seems to be going smoothly, knock on wood. So... Fingers crossed that the birth in the next part goes <laughs> goes as smoothly as my pregnancy has. Hopefully. So, <clears throat> fingers crossed. Very much want that for you. But, yes. <laughs> well, thank you guys very much for listening. We love you. We hope you're staying safe. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Cricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.